1: Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I am James Seltzer, and with me, I, I'm so excited not just to talk about a 14-7 and 7 Phillies team, a team that has swept the Pirates since we at the High Hopes crew last spoke to you, but I'm even more excited because I get to talk to my buddy about it, Jack Fritz.
0: Fritzy, what's going on, brother? 14-7, and seven, and James, I don't know about you, but I was watching the game today. And I saw, I saw a mostly full Citizens Bank Park, and it made my heart happy. It was a beautiful day. And, like, just seeing that many people at the, at the ballpark again, I was so excited. I was like, man, it, it feels like there's a different buzz about this team. Everyone's kind of gotten over the Aaron Nola being pulled after 68 pitches thing. Uh, it feels like more people are just behind the team now. It, it feels like we have a summer of fun baseball ahead And you could kind of see that with the crowd that was at Citizens Bank Park today.
1: Yeah, people can't be upset anymore. Holby Milner's not even on the team. There's no one to get upset about anymore. Um, Milner, of course, getting optioned for Tommy Hunter. Tommy Hunter's back, which is exciting enough as it is. But but I'm with you. I, I thought, you know, it's one of those things where it's been a while. You know, just to be frank about it, it's been a while since we've seen Citizens Bank Park filled, close to filled, whatever, on a nightly basis, and I remember it some times over the last few years where it's been, you know, really upsetting how empty it has been, and I'm with you, Jack. That's the thing is that, you know, people, sometimes memories are short and you don't remember, but... But this place from 2007 to 2011 Citizens Bank Park was the coolest spot in town. It, it really was like the spot to be to go down and have a great time and and I'm with you, Jack. I think it's going to get back to that. I thought I thought you kind of felt that yesterday. And look, not only does it take time obviously for the weather to get better and th- and that's just a fact of life people are more likely to go down to a baseball game when it's gorgeous out than when it's, you know, cold or whatever. But they also want to see a good baseball team and and this team is is starting to earn that Trust of the fan back in the sense of saying, you know what, if you come out and you pay some money, we're going to go out and we're going to play hard for you. And, Jack, I think let's start there because we'll get into the sweep of the Pirates and we'll get into finally a real test coming up this week. But at least for me, my biggest takeaway through almost a month of watching this team play and certainly over the weekend, the type of baseball they played, it's just a fun team.
0: Yeah, they're they're a fun team that that is is young they have found ways to win like last year they lost so many one run games and it ended up killing them record-wise in the end that has completely flipped this year and w- one of the things that i think we we as as fans of this team and guys who are trying to project this team one of the things i think we really underrated was the fact that these guys all came up together they all they came up through single A, double A, triple A and they all won at every single level. These guys have won at every single level and and, and they're bringing that winning atmosphere to the ballpark on a night in, night out basis. I mean, you, you see Reese Hoskins having the clutch home run last night. Um, you know, it's just like these guys just they ha- they they have they they've been in pressure-filled moments before while it's still minor leagues it doesn't really matter i mean you're used to pressure filled moments all the time i was 2 and 0 in the high school playoffs i mean we all <laughs> baseball players just no pressure uh, and, and they all stay calm cold, and collected and it, it, it they're getting they're getting to the point where it feels like even if they're down late in a ball game that they're going to find a way to win a ball game and that's a, that's a fun time to tune in when you're just a casual baseball fan getting back into baseball and, you know, it's the sixth inning and, and your, and your team is down by one. You can tune in and be like, listen, the Phil's have a chance in this game. It's not like years past where you have Peter Borges in the eighth hole and you're like, well, there's an easy out. And then the pitcher's up. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's becoming a night in, night out must watch this Phillies team. And, I, and I'm so glad that they're back.
1: Yeah, I think you get know, on some interesting stuff in there. I don't, uh, I, for for a stat guy, I don't know how many stat guys would would love your your these guys coming up together. But I actually, I think there's something to that. And look, not all of them, but I do think that that there is something to that. And I, and I think it's also just kind of, I think that that that. These types of experiences early in this season are going to be huge. You mentioned the one-run games. They're 6-1 and one in one-run games. They're 4-0 and oh in extra inning games. They're finding ways to win games. And I think that, you know, that type of stuff is crucial. Like, they're, they're, you see it all the time where there are just teams that, that find ways to win games. And if you can cultivate that type of of feeling in a team. That type of belief that every time they're down, they're saying "Yo, we got this. We can win this. We're going to win this. We always win this. Like, that matters. I think that really matters. And especially in a sport like baseball. And, and like you said, I think just from a talent perspective, there aren't really a lot of holes in the lineup. And look, we've seen a lot of the guys already contribute. It feels like it's a different guy coming through with a big hit You know, each night. Like Your boy coming through yesterday or today when people hear this probably yesterday. Your boy, Aaron And Altair coming through with the big hit in the 11th to win the game. And, you know, I think it feels like it's a different guy each night. I know we've seen Kingery come through. We've seen Reese Hoskins come through. We see J.P. Crawford scoring from first base on a a single. We see a lot of effort, and and it's a fun team. I think that's part of it, Jack. I think that that's part of the reason it's such a fun team to watch is because they they aren't out of any game. And because they do have such a, you know, kind of a, a, a mentality about them where you feel like they're never out of it, so whether or not it's because they came up together, I certainly think that that is something that is um, being cultivated with this team and something that that this early winning, these record and one-run games, these close games are going to really help them as the season goes on, as they get into more important games like that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's like you said, Jack, it, it's just fun to have a team that that's worth watching on a, a night in, night out basis. And, and also, you know what? Like I know that the haters have quieted down a bit, but you can't not give credit to Gabe Kapler for a little bit of this as, you know, as well, that dude weathered a really tough first week since that one and five start when people booed him at the home opener and everyone wanted to, you know, fire him freaking, Games into the season, or ever since that one and five start, they're thirteen and two. All right, I mean that thirteen and two, and I know the competition hasn't been that great, but they're winning the the, the games that they have to play. Jack, let's look back at this weekend: a, a, a four game sweep of the Pirates. Obviously, we uh we got to see peak Jake Arietta in the first game of the series. We got to see a couple one run wins tough wins what was your kind of main takeaways from from this four game sweep of the pirates at home
0: uh i mean i can't believe i haven't even you know jumped through the the screen yet uh revenge season jake is upon us like revenge like revenge season jake is a thing now the guy like i i was sitting here I got home from the game. I was just sitting down, and I was recapping in my mind. And I was like... like, (laughs) Recapping in your mind, eh? Yeah. I was like, imagine... Jack's not a nerd, guys. He's not. Imagine imagine choosing you, Darvish, instead of Jake Arrieta, the, the heart and soul of that Cubs team. Like... It was. It's such a bad decision. It was a bad decision at the time. You Darvish is garbage. He will always be garbage. <laughs> and like, wow. And like, we have revenge season, Jake. Revenge season, Jake. He is coming out every night trying to make a point to the Cubs, saying you gave up on me. And guess what? Now I'm here in Philadelphia throwing 94 again. He is throwing <laughs> 94 again. I mean, the NL has to be put on notice. The dude's throwing 94. He was averaging 90. Two miles an hour the last couple years guess what 94 mile an hour jake is a legit cy young candidate and theo epstein you moron you let that go oh, is, man. is theo epstein even a good gm like oh man i cannot oh, man. believe how egregious of a mistake it was <laughs> to choose you darvish over jake revenge season arietta Well, the the
1: one flaw in your argument here is there is no revenge season if they don't choose Darvish over him.
0: So one begets the other. No. Yeah, but revenge season doesn't happen if they choose Jake, if they choose you, Darvish or not.
1: Yeah, that's my point. So, but sure. And uh, to your question, yes, Theo Epstein is a good general manager. Uh, (laughs)
0: Can I just dish out (laughs) a take? I've been squatting Uh, on this. I don't know. Can you? I'm I'm a little nervous. I've been squatting on this take for a while. Uh, oh, God! Theo Epstein is the best builder of teams I've ever seen. He is not a good maintainer. He is not a good sustainer. He's a good builder, not a good maintainer. Everything He, he ruined the Red Sox for a little bit there. Listen, that's, that's, that's a take I've been sitting on for a while. I feel good about it. Uh, Theo Epstein, great builder, bad maintainer.
1: Yeah, I don't know It's hard to rip Theo for really anything When he ended the two longest droughts In all of sports You know, he won a World Series for the Red Sox and for the Cubs. When I was a kid, when I was growing up, those were two things that were like a fait accompli. They were never going to happen. Like the Cubs were never going to win the World Series. The Red Sox were never going to win the World Series. I was in my 20s by the time it happened for the Red Sox. I was in my 30s by the time it happened for the Cubs. Theo Epstein, I don't know. I think he's pretty good. That's helping my point. He's a great builder. I'm just. Gonna, I don't care. I don't care. Wise. He's a he's he's a he's he's a uh, the, a legend. He is. And
0: that's the way I look he at it. He is. Yeah.
1: But I get what you're saying, and and I I don't know if there's enough of a sample size to really, um, you know, to really make a call on that. And who knows, we'll see. But I do look. I don't think Darvish sucks as much as you do. I think they grossly overpaid him based on what the mark how the market took out. It certainly looked like an overpay, and I would certainly like. It's not even a question. I think Jake Gary at three for 75 is a a light years a better deal than than darvish at whatever six for 126 or five or whatever it was i would much rather have the areata deal but i think you know i don't think darvish is is
0: trash like you do but we'll we'll agree, hold on. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that one hold on what were your thoughts on the powder blue uniforms because i want them all the time
1: I think they're the greatest uniforms in the sport. Uh, you know, I, I, but here's the thing. I don't know if you could do them all the time. I think it's one of those things where they're too great. Like the joy of them getting them, you know, I think they should be in the rotation more. It should be like a once-a-week thing. Once a week, it's like, up. Oh, they busted out the Powder Blues. Oh, they're going to win tonight. They're in the Powder Blues. They are the greatest uniform that Philadelphia had. That and that, that the original Flyers, like true blue Flyers uniform is pretty great, too. But the uh, the Powder Blue Phillies uniform is is among the great uniforms in all of sports, in my opinion.
0: Also, we have to talk about—you uh, you okay there? I mean— Yeah, I just dropped my phone. We're good we have to talk about the starting rotation as a whole. They have the best what, uh, you mean? You mean the best starting rotation in the National League? Is that's where you're going with this? Like, when did that happen?
1: I, I don't know. I, I So, all right. Um real quick, uh, I'm with you with the Pirates series. They they just uh they look great. And and I the bullpen, we'll get to the bullpen as well because it's just lights out. It, you know, it's, it's you get to the bullpen, the game is over apparently. But um, let's talk about the rotation. Look, we've already gotten into Arietta and we know what he can be if he's peak Arietta and, and we're going to ride the revenge season. And, and if he's close to what he was in that Pirates game any other times out this season, it's going to be a good year. But uh, and I think we both feel confident with Aaron Nola, uh, for those who don't know, in the Fantasy League that Jack and I are in together. Jack does not own Aaron Nola on his team, yet his team name is still Aaron Nola is my baby. Forever and always. Uh, but, but, But it's really been the other three who have kind of made it where, you know, you expect what you expect, and we've gotten what we expect, and maybe a little bit more in that area to start, but from these top two, but Nick Cy Young, Pavetta, uh Vincent Velazquez, uh, two great starts in a row. Uh you know, three if you count the 20 to 1 game, I don't know if I do. But Lively has been uh, more than serviceable, Jack. You're you're the pitching guru. What what's happening here?
0: Uh Ben Ben, I just rolled out of bed and pitched 5 innings and allowed 4 runs. That's that's about Ben Lively. That's that's pretty much the the, the part of the course for Ben Lively. I'll start with Ben Lively before.
1: Except for the six innings, one run he gave up two days ago. Yeah. Come on,
0: Jack. Yeah, whatever. I, mean, I no, I know. That's he's, he's fine. He's fine. I'll, I'll start with Lively, and I'll work my way up to Nicholas Giancarlo Pavetta. Um, ben Lively is fine. He's just a fine pitcher. And the thing is, is that what has really unleashed him this year and what has unleashed all these guys is, is pitching up in the zone. And Lively's been pitching up in the zone more and more. He only throws 91, but it looks harder coming out of, his, out of his arm because he goes elbow first before throwing it, so it's kind of like a slingshot. And the first two times through the lineup, it's it's hard to pick up on. That's why I think he's so good at getting through uh, the first two times in the lineup and keep you in a ball game before turning it over to the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen's going to be in, in the sixth inning or seventh inning in most of Lively's starts. It's just that... That third time around the lineup is when he gets lit up because of, his, because of his arm angle. But I trust him enough to get me five. So I've been fine with Lively. He'll get you what he gets you. It's fine. Vince Velasquez has, has really, really impressed me. Not as much as Pavetta, but he is, he is using his off-speed more and more early in counts and my one my one quip with Velasquez was that when things got tough the other day in Atlanta he reverted back to being the old Vince Velasquez was like here here's six straight fastballs 94 miles an hour and they started getting hit around which is something that Velasquez has to get past if he wants to become a better pitcher in this league but his curveball, he's been throwing it more and more. Uh, some kind of third pitch. I think it's a changeup. It seems like a split changeup. It moves like a split changeup. I am, I'm in a holding pattern on Velasquez. I am, in, I am encouraged. I am not completely out on Velasquez, but uh, not completely in on him being great. Now, the guy that I'm in on is the be- the beautiful Canadian himself, Nicholas Giancarlo Pavetta. This guy is, he is disgusting like his curveball I was on the floor watching it today because my ankles were so broken and it's just like the guy the guy throws a hard ass fastball at 94 but it has rise to it and for some reason he was trying to throw that fastball at 94 with rise to it at the bottom of the zone last year which which is just so stupid because of course if the ball's rising it's rising right into the batter's uh, wheelhouse this year he's completely changed that he's throwing it up in the zone so it's starting at the guy's letters and ending up at the guy's head but guys are swinging at it because it's rising and they're not making hard contact on it whereas if you're starting it at the knees it's rising right down the middle of the plate so like he has just taken a huge step forward in the evolution of being a starting pitcher. And that's what makes me most excited about him. Velasquez really hasn't. Pavetta, in, in the other hand, last year, whenever, whenever he started allowing runs, they would just be like, oh, here's a fastball right down the middle. Here, hit this 450 feet. Now, it's like, here, you just got a, a double off me. Here's a, here's a curveball. Here's a slider. Here's a fastball up in the zone. He actually is pitching with a plan. I, uh, I, I am going to win my pizza bet with Jody McDonald. And Nick Pavetta is emerging into a, a, a very, very good pitcher in this league. Look, he you, you went
1: double very. He's not just a very good. He's a very, very good pitcher. In I didn't this want to
0: go ace. I thought it would be too early for well, ace. Well,
1: because he's not a – stop. Yes. Let's let's rein it in a little bit here Don't and, and keep either.
0: this <laughs> – Oh, man.
1: Look, um, I'm with you. I've been really encouraged by what I've seen from Pavetta. I think you make really, really great points, especially just about – his approach and his plan as a pitcher. And and, uh, you've seen it. You've seen it in his demeanor even, it feels like. It feels like he's got a different demeanor on the hill this year. You see so much less of the hot-headedness that you would see last year. And he's really – he's pitching with a purpose, it feels like, out there. And I've been really impressed with Pavetta and what he's done this season. I don't know how you couldn't be – obviously – I want to see it continue. I want to see with tougher, tougher competition coming in, see, um, see him continue along this path and continue to trust his stuff, like you said, and not revert back to some of those bad habits. Uh, as Vinny Velasquez, I don't know what. I'm right there with you with Velasquez in the sense that I'm somewhat encouraged by the last couple outings, but I, like, I just feel like it's, it's a, a ticking time bomb. With Velasquez With Pavetta I can believe That these changes Are Could be real Permanent changes Velasquez I've just I don't know if it's that I've just been burned Too many times But I just I need to see it for a far longer period of time and need to see the approach and need to see him not drop back into bad habits consistently for me to be back in on, on Vinny Velasquez Island, as it were. And I'm with you. Lively's just a guy, but he's a guy who's been giving you solid innings right now. So you, you know, you take what you can get out of him. And, uh, regardless, I think, I think you're hitting it on the head with Pavetta. I'm not ready to go where you're going. I think for right now, he's a really nice third starter for this team. And we'll have to see if it continues against stronger competition, one thing I will say that I think is is going to continue and, and only continue to get better, Phillies have one of the best bullpens in the sport right now, Jack. Uh, I, I mean, after week one, I think a lot of people in this city wanted to take the entire bullpen and throw it in the trash. Now it has just been, uh, you know, Two and a half, three weeks straight of lockdown, shutdown performances from literally everyone in the pen, and now they bring Hunter back. What has been your take on? A, you're you're a bullpen guy. You're a you're a fan of the bullpen arms, Jack. What have you seen that's kind of stood out to you from this lights out bullpen over oh, the last few
0: weeks? That's so flattering to be named a, uh, a bullpen fanatic. Hey, I, I call him like I see him, Jack. <laughs> Listen, just because I dream.
1: About- when you, when, yes, when I get texts
0: from you being like, "Guess who my new reliever crush is?" I'm like, "Come on, that's a bullpen guy." Just because I, just because I have dreams about Josh Hader being a Philly doesn't mean that I like. <laughs> uh, here's the thing, is that I, I, I have been very in on the bullpen, and the bullpen's been great. They also just got back their best bullpen pitcher today. So, yeah, that's my take, too. Tommy Hunter is really good. Really good. Like, he's throwing that cutter up in the zone. Left-handed, he's good against lefties. He's, he's good against righties. He just knows how to pitch. I mean, Tommy Hunter is the best guy in this bullpen, and I, I think you saw that game one today. Um, I don't trust – I just I just don't trust naris And I don't know if I'll ever trust naris Like, I think he's good. I don't trust him to be a closer. And I was thinking about this week – about how the Orioles are basically a dumpster fire and they're going to be trading at the deadline. I wonder if they've been keeping, like the Phillies in a sense, have been keeping that closer role kind of by committee because they have their eyes set on one Zach Britton, because I think Zach Britton would be a guy that would come in here and kind of just let everyone settle into a role. I don't think Naris is a closer. I think he's a really, really good uh, stop-the-fire guy slash setup guy, however you talk about modern baseball. Uh, And I think Tommy Hunter is in that same sense. Uh, Pat Neshek, Luis Garcia, Ederby Ramos, Victor Arano, uh, Adam Morgan. All those guys are, are really, really, really good bullpen pieces, but none of those guys are closers. And I think if they go and get Zach Britton at the deadline, it lets him be the closer and everyone else settle into a role. So Naris is one guy I don't really trust. Everyone else, now that Hobie Milliner has got his ass out of town, I uh, I am fully in on this this Phillies bullpen. Victor Arano, still great. <laughs> He's still still doing
1: everything. No more, no more no more perfect
0: but Yeah. Well, I mean that was never gonna last. Still comes in, throws strikes, ninety four, ninety five. Uh, a slider that he can control is just—I mean, once you have a, two pitches as a, as, a clo- as a middle reliever that he can throw for strikes, it's kind of game over because usually those guys come in and just walk people. Luis Garcia threw two of the nastiest pitches I've ever seen <laughs> yesterday afternoon, uh, or two days after a- afternoon. Um, the bullpen's really rounding into form. Tommy Hunter's coming back. Uh, the, Tommy Hunter's back. Tommy Hunter's back. The only one I don't really, really 100% trust is Hector Neris.
1: Yeah, I'm very – I mean, and Drew Hodgson. Hodgson, really a long guy. We're both – I'm I'm a Drew Hodgson fan. I would assume you are too from back in the day. I, I always thought Hodgson had promise when he was trying to be a starter. Uh, he fills a role in that pen. But I'm with you on Neris. I've never felt super confident anytime Hector Neris comes in, and this is coming off a weekend where he had two saves and and pitched pretty well but I uh, I'm with you I've never really felt like he was a closer I never really felt like he had the demeanor and again I also I, um, I always kind of that, that's another one of those things where I kind of separate from the analytics crowd or the stack crowd where a lot of those guys would say that anyone can be a closer it doesn't matter that you know as long as you can pitch just throw them in there and they'll be fine I do think there is something to being a closer there's a mentality there's a you know you, you kind of need to want to be out there on the ledge you know you got to be that guy who wants to be be out there with the game on the line in that moment, and I think that that does matter at least to a certain point. So uh, I've never really felt like Naras was that type of guy, uh, so I, I get that. And I, I Br- Britain, a really interesting name. I, I think Britain, a free agent after the season, so that could complicate some things. Obviously, in the at the moment, still coming back from injury, but. Really interesting name there, especially because with the injury, with the free agency, especially if you're getting a guy for now, for this year to to compete, I, I think it's a perfect name because I don't think he costs you much, and he can come in and, like you said, Jack, really sets the the kind of roles in that bullpen pretty well, pretty clearly. But it really is amazing to think that obviously they could add somebody, but regardless of that, just the the amount of talent in this bullpen right now. I mean, you listen them all off, but. I trust all those guys. Every name you said, from Victor Rano to Ramos to Garcia to Adam Morgan to Tommy Hunter coming back to Nishek's not even back yet. I mean, these are all guys who, if they come in in the seventh or eighth inning of of an important game, I feel confident they're going to get me out. And that's something we haven't had here in Philadelphia in a while, especially with big games on the line. So um, exciting stuff. And I'm with you 100% there, Jack. uh, All
0: right, let's. uh... Hold on. The one thing I want to say about the Britain deal. Is you mentioned you don't know what's going to be worth, so I was trying to think of, of comps to a possible Britain deal, and the last one that came to mind was well, I mean you had the Errols Chapman one, where it cost them Glaber Torres, which is a huge price, and for- that was
1: crazy. Granted, they won a World Series, so but that was an insane price.
0: Right, and Andrew Miller was traded from the from the. But he was under a couple more years of team control. Well, no, it's no, no. Different. But the first time he got traded, it was for
1: oh, to, to when you're talking about the Cameron Maben trade.
0: No, no, no. and he was traded for Eduardo Rodriguez. When he...
1: Duh, oh, when he got traded to Boston. Duh. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So yes, yes.
0: that seems like a trade that that would make a lot of sense on paper. Eduardo Rodriguez is a, is a promising talent. Um, and the Phillies have a couple guys in the minor leagues like Medina, Suarez, not Sixto, obviously. But they have a couple arms that I think that could intrigue um, the Orioles uh, in in that sense. So, a deal could definitely come down. I, I, I like the idea of Britain just because it lets everyone uh, settle into a role. I think he'll be available. I think he's good. I think... Um, Obviously, with Andy McPhail and that Klintak's background there, I think they'd be interested in re-signing him and kind of having that, that role solidified down for a long time and just getting him in the building uh, for the free agency next year instead of letting another team meet with him. Uh, Britain is becoming uh, a, a a big fan. I'm becoming a big Zach Britton fan. Talking myself very quickly into him. Yeah, I,
1: I'm surprised because I I like I would be surprised. I don't think this organization is going to uh, sign a closer for big money. That doesn't seem like the organizational philosophy that. That they would employ I don't think it makes a ton of sense To sign closers for big money I don't think you necessarily You know, not that you Like I said before I think it takes a certain type of guy To be a closer But I certainly don't think that guy is someone you have to go out and pay. I think you can find those guys. I think you get, you know, we see them come up every year. Like a guy like Edwin Diaz. Like, that guy's a pretty good closer. You know, they brought him up through their organization. I think you see it more more than enough where you can find a guy who, who can fill that role. The, uh, you know, Pittsburgh did it with Felipe Rivero. I can't remember what he changed his name to a week ago or Vasquez. whatever. But that dude, that dude's pretty good. So I, um, I get what you're saying. I personally, I would not... If it were me, I would not invest too many resources in filling the closer role. I would try and find someone who I think could fill that role, either internally or trade for someone who I think could fill that role but who is not yet in that role or whatever. But I wouldn't go crazy. I, w- I would consider getting someone, if you're making a push, if the Phillies are sitting at 20 games over 500 at the trade deadline and they're they're really going for it, sure, go buy a closer to come in and really seal it down. But I I would not... Bring a guy in and then give him, you know, twenty million a year or something to be my closer, Or
0: fifteen million a year to be my closer. I think that's a little over the top. Did you just say if and and not when? <laughs>
1: All right, yeah. Let's look at how we got a, a big big series coming up, the biggest series for this team yet this season. Six games this week. Off day today, uh, Monday, but uh, Tuesday through Thursday, the Arizona Diamondbacks coming. To town, We get Robbie Ray, Zach Greinke, and something named Matt Kutch pitching for Arizona this week. Um, what's your take on this? Look, we, um, you and I did our over-unders preview uh, before the season, our, our, our over-unders. And uh, I can't remember what the number was for the Diamondbacks, but we both went over on them. And so far, it's looking like a pretty damn good call. They are 16-5. Coming in, or excuse me, fifteen and six. So they are a game better than the Phillies' best record in the National League right now. Jack, what do you think about this Diamondbacks team, and and also about this Phillies team, kind of going up in their first real test of the season?
0: I I like the Diamondbacks, and I think the only reason I like the Diamondbacks is because of is because of Archie Bradley and AJ Pollock. But
1: because uh, you're not you're not a
0: bullpen guy, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, I don't like Robbie Ray. Like I think Robbie Ray is like I think he's fine, but I'm mostly judging this off of the fantasy community and how they handled Robbie Ray and they like had him as a top. how they gave him all the love in the world. And I was just like, calm down. Like he's not that good. Uh, he had one good year. Yeah, he had one good year. He had one good year. Um, I like I like the I like the Diamondbacks a lot, just offensively wise. Uh, Goldie, obviously, Pollock, Jake Lamb's hurt. Um, but still, it's still a pretty potent offense. It'll be a good test. They have Archie out of the bullpen, which will be uh, damn near unhittable when he comes in.
1: <laughs>
0: but the matchups are fun. You have Arietta versus Robbie Ray, which will be great. Uh,
1: yeah, isn't it, I think it's Arietta versus Granky, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, the Phillies' probable list is is way messed up. So yeah, no, you're you're definitely right on that. They have they have Jake Arietta starting game one, and they have Jake Arietta starting game three. So now that's he-
1: that's which uh, I actually think he's starting game 2 which is the funny part. I'm pretty sure it's Vinny versus Robbie Ray, uh, Arietta versus Grant Gee, and then Lively versus Matt Koch assuming that holds. Okay,
0: so the Phillies the Phillies website is fake news. They they have Arietta starting two games in 3 days which is a little bold. But <laughs> I, if anyone could do it, right? Right, it, seriously, if anyone. I
1: mean, well, well like just looking at the rotation, it it'll be Vinny in game 2. I don't think they would skip him, right? No. So, he's up next, so Vinny and then Arietta. So, yeah.
0: It, listen, I'm already looking forward to 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 Arietta versus Granky. I mean, that is that is a a throwback a throwback two aces just grabbing the ball and hopefully it's a
1: it's a match when was the last time jack you know it's obviously when Halliday was here or cliff lee or whatever but it's a matchup of Cy young winners how cool is that
0: it's very cool and it's happening in our city uh you're damn right no it'll be fun it'll be fun and and i'm really intrigued to see how the phillies handle themselves this series listen they've played against not great opponents and and sure we're all excited uh about where this team is Listen, they're off to their best home record in, like, 40 years or something, which is just insane. And that is putting in the the be- like the 2007 and 2011 teams. Like, this team is off to a, an unbelievably hot start at home, which is, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, against, against, the, against the, the, the Diamondbacks, they are the, the best team or whatever in the NL at this moment. So show us what you've got. You've played against some some okay teams. The Pirates are a very, very okay team. Uh, and other than that, it's been mostly Drek. Go out there, make a statement, show us your back, and, and watch watch the the fans pile into Citizens Bank Park.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point, Jack. It's not just mostly Drek, it's been Drek. The one team who they've played so far has been who's played pretty well has been the Braves, and obviously they've lost... Uh, four out of six against them, but I mean, you've got the Reds who fired their manager already, and rightfully so. The Rays, who are a dumpster fire. The Marlins might be the worst team in baseball. It hasn't been a hasn't been a strong schedule, and like you said, the Pirates are are very okay. I think that is a perfect way to describe the Pirates. They are just so average, but. Um, I, it's a big series. I'm with you, Jag. This is a, a an exciting start for this team, sitting at 14 and seven. A young baseball team. I think, you know, you and I were excited about them. There were some people locally who were really geared up for this season, but I think nationally, not a lot of people really expected them to take that big a jump. Even after the Arietta signing, even with bringing in Santana, I think a lot of people looked at his new manager, young team. You know, 75 wins was the original over under. I think a lot of people said, you know, maybe they're a 500 baseball team at best and I think that, you know, a 14 and 7 start isn't going to change anyone's opinion on that, but a 14 and 7 start and then coming out and And, you know, show them what you got against the team with the best record in the the National League, a team that also made the playoffs last year and was expected to be a contender again this year. I think that that can make a bit of a statement. And again, you know, we're still in April. You can't get carried away with anything you see in April. But. You know, you can build confidence. You can create a, a mentality around a baseball team, all that type of stuff. And I think we're seeing that with this team. I think that's why I've been so impressed with the way they've played. And and the, the like we were talking about before the the record and one run games, the extra inning wins, just the the guttiness. You know, the kind of really toughness that we've seen from them. I, I'm with you, Jay. It's a big spot for them. This is a spot to to take on the best team in the league in your home, you know, in your home stadium with a chance to make a statement. It's really exciting, Jack. I mean, this is, this is the biggest series of Philly. It's absurd. Again, this is April. But this is the biggest series of Phillies baseball we've had here since like 2011.
0: And let's not get carried away with April results. But Nick Pavetta is going to be in a sight on candidacy this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say let's not get carried away, but Nick Pavetta is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> So. Listen,
0: that's next. Week, that's next week's episode. That's what. That's what you call a tease, James. I don't know if you've ever worked in this business before, but
1: oh wow, that's good to know. Thank you. That's really good. Coming up, see how I
0: kill Jack. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 completely agree, and I, I hope that, I hope that Aaron Altair is starting Game One. And I know everyone's like, oh, my God, you love Aaron Altair, and whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the exact way. They're like, oh, my God, you love Aaron Altair. to the it. So,
0: I do dude, love Aaron perfect. Altair. Listen, the guy was 3-for-3 three three today. He took some good hacks the day before. He
1: did, well, he didn't even start. Let's say he came in as a pinch hitter and went 3-for-3. Three three. You don't see
0: that too often. He came in as a pinch hitter, was 3-for-3, three three, took some nice hacks the game before. Uh, I think the highest upside of this Phillies team is getting Altair going, and Altair for most of his career, has been a very, very streaky hitter. Uh, it's all about his front foot timing, which is, like, so frustrating. Like, figure it out, man. Like, if, if, all, of your th- if all of your timing is, is based off your front foot, then just figure out what to do with your front foot. But uh, he's been a streaky hitter for all of his career, and it feels like, like Altair is one of those guys, and uh, Abdubal is one of those guys as well, where you kind of watch him and you're like, this guy's about to get hot. And Altair has that look right now of a guy that's about to get hot and about to raise his hopeful <laughs> his like one hundred batting average to to, <laughs> to to maybe something more respectable uh i I hope he's starting game one and uh hopefully we can get a little bit because here's the thing this Phillies offense has been pretty okay, and they really haven't gotten anything from from their corner outfield spots well well right field. Or their catcher, right. Or their catcher position. I mean, Jorge
1: Alfaro. Or 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 their first baseman. Let's not forget that. Who's been incredibly unlucky, and can, uh, please, people, chill out. If I see another why did they shine, Carlos Santana? He's terrible. Thing, I'm gonna kill everybody. He's been incredibly unlucky. He's got more walks than strikeouts. Chill out. But um, they haven't got any production from him either, other than Gold Glove caliber first base. But otherwise, uh, you know, like yeah, add that to the list.
0: No, I know. And they, 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 they haven't gotten those guys going yet. And once those guys are going, I mean, Alfaro has taken some nice swings the last couple days. I mean, he was a walking strikeout for about a week and a half there. And I was just like, dude, you can't possibly you can't possibly be this bad. Um, so if they can get some, some production going from Altair, uh, if they can get some production going from Santana, Santana, he took some nice uh, swings this past weekend. It, it, this this offense has a, has potential to get even better. The one guy who is like surprisingly struggling and we haven't really heard about it because he's everyone's like favorite son is Scott Kingery. And I like Scott Kingery. I think Scott Kingery is going to be a really good player in this league. But the 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 overrated uh, the overration if that's a word Oh, Scott, it's not. it's not a word at all. Whatever you know, the, over, the overrating of of is how
1: you would like, say it. He
0: like he's had some big hits and big moments, and it's been great. And I think he's going to be fine. He is just he's been a rookie. He has just looked like a rookie at the plate. He's striking out all the time. His slash line is like two twenty five with like a three hundred OBP. It's just like people just assume this guy was going to come up and be amazing. That's just not how baseball works. Baseball has a way of humbling every single guy that plays it. Uh, and right now Kingery is in that humble phase. He's being humbled at the moment, uh, and I'm curious to see how he responds because a lot of guys can just can just dive and just be like, whatever, I'm never going to get out of this. Kingery is a guy that, that, that seems like he's going to work and work and work until he gets out of it. I, I'm intrigued to see what these next two weeks hold for Scott Kingery.
1: Yeah, I think he'll get it. I mean, look, like you said, he has already shown an ability to, to you know, Come through in the clutch and, and, and whether or not. You know, that matters to people. I do think he has shown an ability to be really, for, for someone who's a rookie, he hasn't looked like a rookie in big spots, but I agree. When you look at the numbers and really the, the quality of the bats at late, you've seen pitchers adjust, and he has to learn to adjust too. And look, we saw it with Reese Hoskins. You know, everyone was freaking out about that coming into the season. Oh, you know, he's so good to start, and then he would, they figured him out. No, he, you know, it's adjustments. It's a game of adjustments. Pitchers are always adjusting, hitters are always adjusting. That's just the way the sport works. And it's the guys who adjust the best, who end up having long, successful careers, like Reese Hoskins is going to. And I do think Kingery will get there. But, Jack, like you're I mean, look, he's, he's a 23-year-old kid playing in the majors for the first time. You know, that, that is uh, – it, it takes time. It takes time sometimes. Do
0: you, so, you ever, uh, do you ever think to yourself that we have Aaron Nola and Reese Hoskins, like, on our teams, and we get to root, root for them for the next, like, decade? <laughs>
1: I love it. You're such a nerd. It's terrific. I do though with Reese. Like I'm, I'm. uh, It's really exciting. Reese Hoskins is really exciting. It's exciting to have that guy on your team. It's exciting to know that you get to
0: watch that guy hit first once your lineup every time. First seventy-one career games. Reese Hoskins has twenty-two homers, sixty-seven RBI, and fifty-six walks. So that's that's the second most walks in baseball history in their in their first seventy one games. He is sixth all time in RBI through their first seventy one games. And he is tied for one, two, three. He's tied for fifth all time through the first seventy one games in the history of the entire sport, James.
1: It's not bad, Jack. He's okay. He's all right. Um awesome awesome stuff man this is uh it's exciting we have an exciting baseball team to talk about a team that's going to compete and a team that's fun and has likable guys who are who are really good baseball players it's so it's it's like you said jack i think just that reaction you have is just like it's just so exciting because it's been so long since we've had this in this city and now we have it and it's like kind of all coming back at once and it's coming back in full force aggressively and quickly and uh it's awesome and this again a big big week we'll be here to talk about it uh diamondbacks and then later. Later in the week, the Braves will be back. Later in the week to preview that Braves series weekend. What? Well, hopefully, I know it's enough with the Braves already. At least they're coming into our building this time. But uh, uh also, uh, we will be back to talk about what will hopefully be a sweep of the Diamondbacks. But even still, I'm happy with two and three, Jack. All, all I need is two and three here. Two and three works. Yeah, of
0: course. uh And before I know you're, we're wrapping up here, but I have some things that I wrote down that I want to make sure that I get into this podcast. Lay it on us. What are your final thoughts, Jack? Many thoughts. Adubo Herrera has reached base in 23 straight games, and the fact that no one is talking about that makes me want to jump out of building. Like, the guy is batting, I think, in a two... It's pretty impressive. He's batting in the 240s. He is his OBP is in the three eighties, and literally all we hear from the 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 people that cover this team is, well, you know, he has those mental errors. Listen, man, he does more good than bad. He plays good center field. I'm so sick and tired of the anti of the anti. I know you're, you're choking right now because you're so proud of Dubo Herrera. Um, it's just like it's so frustrating watching this guy do good things on night in night out basis, and then everyone who who Covers the team. Who's a fan of the team, being like, "Oh, well, yeah, but do you see what he did in center field the other day?" It's just like, "Oh my god, get over it." He does more bad than good, or he does more good than bad. Just, just calm. Oh, down. it's not even
1: close, and not just that. In center field, he's making terrific catches on a night in, night out basis. It's like this guy makes highlight reel plays look like look like they're easy, and he's doing it. I, I feel like I've seen him make five, you know, like Sports Center top ten type catches
0: already this season. Not even good. He's not even worth having on his team. Get rid of him. He, he makes his team worse. Uh, other final thought. Six of Sanchez today in his, in his second start. He threw six innings, allowed five hits, two earned, uh, five Ks. He threw 63 strikes in 83 pitches, continuing, continuing to be right around the zone. He hasn't been as dominant as he was last year, but he's cl- clearly just ramping himself back up to where he was. Uh, the, the strikes are really encouraging. I saw some clips today. I mean, the, the slider is now just falling off the table. Also, James, are you sitting down? James, are you sitting down? I am. You are sitting down. Cool, because he's wearing <laughs> number. <laughs> he's wearing number
1: forty-five. <laughs> oh, Manny Pedro.
0: I thought Pedro retired. <laughs> <laughs> guess what <laughs> is he really wearing number 45 yes he is, he is. It's, it has to be because of Pedro, right like i mean like listen if it's not it, it, it is now like there's no other there's no other answer there's no other i other mean that's answer. really cool he's the best i'm very in on this i almost started fainting um and then my final thought is that leave us some reviews because i love it yes! re- i love reading the reviews and we're trying to build this podcast. We're having so much fun with this podcast. We're trying to put out multiple podcasts a week. And uh, we just want to hear what you guys what you guys think about it, what we can improve on, uh, and mostly how much you love this Phillies baseball team.
1: Yeah, and how could you not? Again, like that's the beautiful thing is not only are they fourteen and seven and they're winning games in fun and exciting ways and they're they're fighting and they're gutty and all that, but but they're and and likable but they're also young i mean this that's the most exciting part is like they're fun right at this moment and they're bringing excitement back and there's so much of it to come. Like this is just the beginning, and that is a, a really exciting thing to think about. Especially when Jack just brings up Mini Pedro. They got a guy in the minors who, who's the best pitcher in the organization, and he's not even here. Uh, it's it's really awesome. It's an exciting time. Exciting time to be Phillies fans. And 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 I will make my final thought just for Jack because Jack's the best. Do this for Jack, please. Give us the iTunes reviews. It really does. Jack basically is like, um, you know, just sitting there, it, just in front of. The computer screen refresh 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 <laughs> just waiting it's all he does I like when he's not talking baseball that. to me that's all he does he just sits there refresh he has little like dings set up for when he's at work and he can't refresh so it'll ding and let him know. that's how crazy he is about this so please do it for jack and if you care about me at all do it for me for Jack. So um, so uh, we really do uh, appreciate everyone listening, and, and we love people interacting. Both reviews, hit us up on Twitter, all that type of stuff. We uh, we love to talk Phillies. We can't get enough of it, and uh, we will continue to do so. As again, uh, off day-to-day, and then the Phillies back at it. Tomorrow, big, big series. We'll be back to talk about it later this week. So again, for Jack Fritz, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to another edition of High Hopes. We'll talk to you guys soon.